It was at this moment that Nathan knew he fucked up. On a rooftop somewhere, <laughs> episode five. This is my man DJ Envy on Behind the Smoke. DJ Envy, I always wanted to say that shit. Right? <laughs> <laughs> like that's your signature. That's my shit. Who's not gonna know? Like, and I was listening to interviews and stuff just to get a feel of who you were outside of the Breakfast Club, right? Mm-hmm. Which is where everyone knows you, but. I've been in the industry so long, I was around when you started. Right. And um, I have to, and I've always known Clue, mm-hmm. right? So when he had the Sentra, right? He when he got Sentra, his first yeah. car. Silver, yeah. Yeah, I was out there, right? On 217th and Linden by Manhattan proper forever. Right. Right? And when I heard your story, it amazed me because someone that was in and on, reached back and pulled you in. Correct. Like, I'm big on that, you know? Mm -hmm. So just please give me some more insight. Give the viewers some more insight on you and Clue's relationship and how that came to be. Clue was somebody that lived across the street from me. We lived from the same block, Queens Village. And growing up, he was older than me, so we really didn't hang out with each other. You know, I would see him wheeling up the block, see him playing ball. And then it got to a point when, you know, I was in high school, he was in high school. You know, we went to different high schools. I went to a Catholic school. He went to the public school. I went to a, a Catholic school too. Okay, yeah. Another assessment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, went to, I went to St. Francis. I, I tell everybody that Andrew Jackson was my zone school. And if you don't know Andrew Jackson, that was the first school ever to get metal, metal detectors. detectors. Right. I remember that back in So the my day. moms and pops was like, you're not going there. So they put me in, in a, a Catholic school. And I would have to wait, wait on the bus like anybody else is cold waiting on the bus. And I would see Clue coming through with cars, you know, the Nissan Sentra, Honda Accord. And back then, Honda Accord is absolutely doing it. Right. Harlem dressed them things up. All that. MPVs. And, you know, I was tired of taking the bus. So I walked over to him and I was like, yo, what are you doing to make money? Like, what are you doing? I'm waiting for the bus. Like, what are you doing? And he was like, yo, meet me at my house after school. So I didn't know what it was. I didn't know if he was selling drugs. I didn't know if he was selling papers. I didn't know what he was doing. I got to his crib. His mom let me in. She was like, uh, Ernesto, that's his name. Ernesto, she's like, Ernesto's downstairs. I walked downstairs and it looked like a record store. Mm. It was thousands of records, you know, hundreds of tape decks on top of each other. And I was like, what is this? He was like, I'm a DJ. Wow. And I was like, well, what's your name? He was like, DJ Clue. And at that time, Clue was big in Queens. Clue was big everywhere. That's right. I used to take his tapes and sell them in school and say that Clue was me because nobody ever knew Clue's face. That's right. It was always the question mark. And that was the creation of me wanting to be a DJ. You know, that story is so poignant because back in Queens, you know, it was like the drug capital of the world outside of D.C., so for your neighborhood, man, you could see any car coming up the block. And right. then you had LL down the block right. pulling up in anything. And everybody came to Queens. Salt and Pepper was in Queens. Mm-hmm. And there was always entangled relationships between the drug dealers and the rappers. rappers absolutely. Right? So it looked like 
Clue was selling drugs right. because you couldn't fathom in your mind what else could he be doing that could be netting him the money to afford all of these vehicles. Absolutely. If Clue said, I'm hustling, you would probably hustle. I definitely would have hustled. So, so, you know, just to see that that was your introduction into the DJ game mm -hmm. and to see where you are now, I have nothing but respect, more respect for Clue, actually, who's my man. Right. You know, but to see that he looked back and pulled you up, man, and to see you take that opportunity. Because right. you didn't have to, you know, really, you know, milk it the way you have. Right. Because there are a lot of people that started when you started that aren't around today. Absolutely. But I think that's the reason, too, where, uh, you know, people always say, why do you post so much on your Instagram? Or why do you post and show so much? I really want these kids to be motivated, mm. to look at my life and see my cars and my house and my jewelry, where I go on vacation, look at my family and say, he did that without selling drugs, mm -hmm. without robbing niggas, without running in people's cribs, without doing all that, and he did it the right way. You know what I mean? I went to school, I got my degree. I got my degree in business ma management and marketing. Mm. I learned how to maneuver my money, and I learned all that so I can keep the money. You know, that's all from kid from Queens, that these kids can do the same thing. Like, a lot of time, these kids idolize the wrong people. They idolize what they see, the drug dealer. They idolize the rapper that's popping pills. They idolize, you know, the robber, you know, the scammer. They idolize that because they see that money. Mm -hmm. I just want to show them that money and say, look, I got more, if not way more, for doing it the right way. And I can sleep well at night. And I mean, when I go to sleep at night, I ain't got to worry about, are the cops going to bang down my door? Mm -hmm. I ain't got to worry about, you know, is, is the, the stick up kid going to jump in my crib? I ain't got to worry about it. I love it. I love. I live far enough away. I got gates and I got a couple of dogs. <laughs> I saw the German Shepherd. And, 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 and I got a licensed gun. Come on now. And, and see, not only do I have a license, my wife is licensed. So we both Come licensed on, together. Bro. So we, you know, I don't have to worry about that. I mean, you always have to worry, but I can sleep well at that's night. That's right. Absolutely. You know, and, and that's another thing that I thought was commendable. You know, you're like a very nice guy, like mm -hmm. for real, mm -hmm. right? So just to let you guys know, we weren't introduced, mm -mm. Nah. right? So you're talking about anything organic, mm -hmm. and that's my whole thing. So a couple of my prominent friends in the business, they're like, yo, you're doing this platform, let me make a phone call. And I'm like, nah, I don't want it that way. Mm -hmm. Yo, one day I get a DM and he's in my DMs. Mm -hmm. And he's like, yo, I love your page. I'm on it. I'm following. Anything you need, just ask. Absolutely. Well, I asked, and he's here, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, you're really a nice guy. Mm -hmm. And you don't find that in, in, in this business. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the reasons why I didn't like the business. Mm -hmm. So I've always been wedged in the middle. Street and music. There's nothing nice over there. And I thought that people were different in music until mm -hmm. I started to see the treachery. Right. right. After you create the music and then you have to get the music worked and you got to deal with the record company right. and the street team and the club and the promoters, it's a doggy dog world. Absolutely. So to see that you're really a nice guy, but you pull up mm -hmm. and you're six feet. Mm -hmm. So I thought you were shorter than me or at least my height, mm -hmm. you know? So 
how how has being a good natured person tried to work against you in the industry? I mean, I, I think when people see a nice person, they always think soft. Mm -hmm. Then on top of that, when you light skin, <laughs> they always think soft. And that's just that's just the, the, the nature of the game, the belly of the game. You know, I've been in so many situations where, you know, somebody always trying to play. Mm -hmm. and, and that's no matter where I'm at, no matter how, how it is in the game. That was me. But I always stand my ground. Nobody can ever say they something. Gangster. You know what I mean? And I'm not, like I said, I'm not no gangster. I'm not running around with 30 shotguns. I'm just a man at the end of the day. That's you know what right. I mean? So. You know, it's one of those things my dad told me, yeah, look, you're going to get into a bunch of fights. Some you win, some you lose. You get back up, dust yourself off and keep it moving. I ain't going to let nobody disrespect me or my family. And if they do, we need to have a conversation. And that's what it is. And, and that's how I've always been. And I mean, I'm not trying to disrespect anybody. I'm not trying to take anything out of anybody's mouth. My whole thing is protect and provide. Protect Make sure my family's good. You know what I mean? I think we're going to call this episode Protect and Provide. Remember that. That and, was and, good. And the thing with... With me, is it's like, you know, a lot of people talk shit, but I'm really trying to do what the white generation did. They created wealth for their family. Mm. You know what I mean? What my mother and father didn't do. They didn't, they never learned. You know, I'm the first person in my family to go to school and graduate from, from college. Wow. My parents didn't know how to invest money. They didn't know. They know I worked for 30 years of my life. I, you know, I buy the house, I retire. And my kids get, when I die, the house. I don't want it like that for my kids. You know what I mean? I want to teach them, even at this age, I teach them how to invest their money, how to hold on to money, how to make money work for them, how if they want something, how to make it a smart decision and a smart choice. You know what I mean? Where I try to make them so that they don't have to work. And when I mean have to work, have to do a job that they have to do because they need money. And that's where a lot of people hate their jobs because they, they get a job, not because they enjoy it, because they got to make money. That's right. And then they wound up working at a job for 20 years and hating life because they're like, I hate this job. And that's one thing with my, my kids. I would say, I don't care what you want to do. Let's figure out how to make it a business. Mm. You want to be a garbage man? I'm cool with that. But you're not going to be a garbage man. Let's buy a garbage truck and create a garbage business. Gangster. You know what I mean? That. You want to be a barber? It's cool. But you're not going to be a barber. Let's figure out how we're going to own a barber shop and money will continually come in. And that's how I'm at. That's my mind frame with my kids and everything I think of. And have you always been that person, like, in your mind? So, like, what I'm saying is... Absolutely. Even prior to... Well, yeah, because if you're selling mixtapes in school, you were always trying to be an entrepreneur and teach yourself entrepreneurship. Right. So, so how did you go from being a DJ to actually getting a job on the radio, which was... Mm -hmm. Hot 97 first. Hot 97 at first. See, one thing that a lot of people don't know is my dad, he's from Brooklyn, Rutland Road. Rutland Road? Rutland Road. Your dad is from Rutland Road? My dad is from Rutland Road. I might know your dad. My dad is from Rutland Road. Edward came, my whole family's from Brooklyn. Really? Yeah, whole family's from Brooklyn. I was born in Brookdale Hospital. I was born in Brookdale. I was born in Brookdale you Hospital. See? Mm -hmm. You see? So, but you know, back, back then, the good life was Queens. Queens had grass. That's right. And friendlies. And, and a friendlies. And, friendlies. and I first went out there, I was like, y'all got friendly. We only see the commercial. Friendlies. Somebody took me to friendlies and jeans on Farmers and Linden mm -hmm. for butter shrimp. Yeah. I was like, oh, snap. So my dad, being from Brooklyn, back in the day when he was a kid, there was nothing for him to do. He had to take care of his sisters. So he went to the military. When he came back from the military, there was no jobs for him. The only job he could do was become a police officer. Mm. Became a police officer. 
And he was one of those cops that was 100% real. Like my dad's whole thing is, the police are not your friends. Mm. Just, just remember that when you ever get pulled over. Police are not your friends, and your whole goal is to make it home. So it's like, that's the mentality that I always had. So if I ever got into a situation, I know keep my mouth shut, don't talk to the police. I know that if there's a situation, my whole thing is get home. My pop's like, you can't beat a cop in the streets. You can't beat the cop when you're locked up, but you can beat him when you're home. That's right. And that, those are the things that he taught me. But me saying that he's a police officer also lets you know that he was an asshole, like real militant. <laughs> so I was ready to get out of that house as soon as I could. Yo, my father was an asshole. <laughs> as soon as I could. So as soon as I was able to get a little money, I had to figure out how to keep it because I wanted to get out that house. And that's what really got that grind and got me doing mixtapes and got me doing it. So I was like, you know, I, I hit the program director and was like, yo, I want a DJ on the radio. Was it Tracy? It was Clarity? Tracy Clarity. That's crazy because that's the woman that I bought Jay's first single to. Yeah. Just bombarded her office. We just, all of us. Mm -hmm. Okay. And that's how he got on the radio. And the dope thing about Tracy is, what, what people don't know about Tracy is, Tracy was a stickler, hard ass, like right. really into her position. But when I got the job and I started doing the mix show, I'm the type of person I want to learn more. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm going to sit back and listen. If we're talking a clothing line, I want to know everything about the clothing line, how you got started, so I can figure out if that's what I want to do. Mm. Real estate, same thing. So with Tracy, I was like, yo, I want to learn radio. I want to do on air. Teach me. And she was like, if you really want to learn, be here every day. And I was there every day just learning. Everybody wow. shift up and down. Wow. And then what happened was my big break was Angie Martinez became pregnant. When she became pregnant, she had to take maternity leave. I remember that. And that gave me the chance to wiggle in. I fill remember in for her. that. Mm -hmm. I remember you filling in. I remember and that. And that was, that was my start on radio. Wow. And you never looked back. Never looked back. So um, I could remember I was uh, probably in solitary confinement for 688 days yeah. starting in 2001, mm. right before the planes hit. Mm -hmm. So I didn't see the planes hit until years after I came home. Wow. And before you're actually um, sentenced for whatever reason mm. you went in there, you can have your radio. And I was listening to uh, Star and Buck Wild. Mm -hmm mock a plane crash with Aaliyah. Right. And I was sitting in there and I was like, you know, there's a lot of reasons that I want to be home, but this has to be number two. Mm -hmm. So how, how did you end up going from Hot 97 mm -hmm. and then to Power, right? And what was kind of like the deciding factor? Mm -hmm. And, and this, is, this is the truth. I, I don't think I ever spoke about this. When I was at Hot 97, I used to do Mornings with Miss Jones. Mm -hmm. They decided not to continue on with the show. Mm -hmm. And uh, Miss Jones went back to Philly and did Morning in Philly. I remember that. So we created a new platform called The New at Two. I remember where that. I would break new music at 2 o'clock. And it was great. Um, they were still paying me my morning show salary, so I was happy with it. Mm -hmm. Power just came on the block. And Power, you know, wanted me basically worked there. I didn't want to work for Power. I'm thinking, if I get Power to make me an offer, Hot 97 will keep me, give me a position. So I was really playing that game. Mm -hmm. So when I took the meeting with Power, Cadillac, Jack, and G-Spin, they made me an offer. 
to do afternoons. So I went back to, to Ebro and Hot at the time, and I'm like, yo, they made me an offer. What's up? And it was like, well, there's nothing we can do. But, you know, I, I already played that card. Right. So I was like, all right. So I said, all right, I'm out. So I started walking down the building. I remember Ebro called me back. He was like, yo, you really leaving? And I'm like, yeah. But at the time, I wasn't prepared to go to power. I really didn't. I was playing it as a card. So by the time I got back to power, the email already went out that I left. Wow. So what power did at the time was they were like, a word? You don't have a job. We're going to play you the lowest we can possibly play you to do afternoons. Oh, wow. So when I got to afternoons, it was kind of like robbery without a gun. I was, it was the lowest amount of money I could possibly make at the time. I couldn't, I couldn't make any more money. It was the lowest. It's like somebody saying, you know what? You're going to work at the store. Hourly wage is $7. But since I know you ain't got a job, you make it full. Oh, my God. So I made after minimum. But I was like, you know what? I know nobody can outwork me. That's right. That's one thing I know about me. I know nobody can outwork me. I'm going to work harder. I'm going to work. So I was like, all right, I'm going to take this. But I said, when it's time to re-up, I'm going to stick you up. Gangster. Breakfast Club came around, stuck them up. Whose idea was it to do the Breakfast Club? And how did they pick the three of you guys? Okay. Well, a lot of people don't know the Breakfast Club at first was supposed to be mom on the show. Mm. I was doing afternoons and was successful doing afternoons. And to launch the station, they said, well, yeah, we really need a morning show that can really work. Mm. Um, would you do mornings? And I'm like, no, nah, I'm not doing mornings. They was like, well, what about if we give you this? And I was like, all right, well, now you're talking. It was like, well, we want to bring in Charlemagne. This was Cadillac Jack and G-Spin. It was like, we want to bring in Charlemagne. And at the time, I'm like, nah. They was like, why? I'm like, that man then got fired three times from three different radio stations. I got two kids. This is the time I had two kids. I said, I got two kids. I can't play with him. And they was like, well, have a conversation with him, meet with him. So I sat down. We spoke. We spoke over the phone. And he was on the same page as me. Then we were looking for a female. And Angela Yee came up. Her name came up. And I was nervous about Yee because she worked at Sirius. And on Sirius, you can curse, you can swear. There is no FCC. You can say whatever you want. So I didn't want to, I was, I was nervous. We had a conversation with her and it was good. And the best thing about the three of us was we was all co-hosts. We were all sidekicks. I was Miss Jones' sidekick. Charlemagne was Wendy Williams' sidekick. And she was Cypher Sound's sidekick. I never knew that. And the reason it worked was because all three of us didn't need to be the star. We knew how to play around the quote-unquote star. So it was never about ego. So um, when we started to do the show, when we came up with to do the show, I wanted something that, that all three of us had a piece in, instead of just being the DJ Envy show. Right. Like, let's do something where we all have collective properties in the show. And I thought about that. If it failed, it wouldn't be DJ Envy failing. It would be whatever the name of that show was failing. Right. And I could always go back to afternoons if I wanted to. Right. And uh, we came together and, you know, we just started playing with names, the big three, Illuminati in the morning, you mean, all types of dumb names. And then somebody came up with the Breakfast Club and it stuck and we nice. just never looked back. Um, you know, and that's another thing, too. You created the New It 2 at 97, but I love the way that you implement your music segment mm -hmm. in the Breakfast So it's almost like the New It 2 in the morning. Right. Is, was that a, an idea to like... Well, you know what? In the morning, since it's quote unquote morning drive, they say people only want to hear the hits. So a lot of times, you know, they want they want you to play records that are kind of 
working in the club, working on radio. And then, you know, I just throw in my songs that I like anyway, regardless, you know what I mean? Whether it's new or whether we throw it back sometimes, but that's pretty much where it's, they're like, people are in the cars, they're driving, they want to hear familiar songs. But I try to throw in a new song here and there just to make it my own. So now, you know, yeah, I used to be lighter, mm-hmm. right? I got a tan one year and it didn't go Step away. Step away, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I went to private school. You did too. Yeah, yeah. I was short. I was 5'2 or 5'3 until I was 18. You were DJ Shrimp. I was Shrimp at first, yeah. Your family's from Rutland Road in Brooklyn. Yeah, Rob, yeah, yeah. Poole lives probably around the corner from where your family mm-hmm. came from, and I'm eight blocks to the left, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, the similarities mm-hmm. that I've discovered that we've had while we were sitting down prior to taping, it's like phenomenal. It blew my mind mm-hmm. because no one would ever know that you're like that. Right, absolutely. And, you know, even in the midst of me running in the street, hanging out with all the gangsters, right, my whole thing was... Too much pressure to be a gangster, right? Mm-hmm. So I used to always say, I'm just not having it. Mm-hmm. Right? You fuck with me, I'm gonna get your back dirty. Right. That's my shit. Mm-hmm. And that's you. Yeah. Like, you know, you don't want a problem, you're not gonna start it. But if you have something to get up your chest, you're gonna get it up your chest. Absolutely. And people would never get that from mm-hmm. you, you know, on the show. And maybe that's a good thing. Right. But one day you left your house mm-hmm. and some dude tried to rob you and ended up shooting at the car or some crazy mm-hmm. shit like that. What happened with that? Um, doing a club in the city. There was two, two situations. About to, I'm sure you're talking about this one. I was in a club in the city. And um, this is when I, I think at the time in New York when everybody was gangster. Everybody wanted to be tough. Everyone wanted to be hard. And um, I used to walk around with this little tutu in my shoe. A right? damager. So I could get in the club, get out the club. Club just, shooter. Just what it was. <laughs> and uh I bought a Range Rover and drove back to Queens to show my pops the Range Rover. My pops sees the Range Rover. So now I think I'm hiding the gun in the sunroof. So I close the sunroof and put the gun. So my dad's looking at the car. He opens it. The gun falls. Boom. He's a cop. He's a cop. <laughs> at heart. He goes, you know they're giving three years for this, right? And I'm like, yeah. So me and him is having a real conversation. So I'm like, you know if somebody tried to rob me, they can try to take my life for this. I said, I'd rather do three years than my kids have no father. Mm-hmm. So we having this conversation. Real, you know, my pops is real. He's, you know, he's a cop, but real. So he was like, yo, just be careful. Cool. That night, I go to the club, and I stop carrying the gun on me. That time, stop. I leave it in the car. Like, I'm not going to carry it on me. I walk out the club. Two guys approach me. When they approach me, they're like, um, when they, they're walking over to me. But at the time, I'm like, maybe they want a picture. Like, kind of, it's kind of weird, but they mm-hmm. come coming towards me. So um, try to rob me. Give me a chain. First instinct is you're not taking anything that works hard. I'm working hard for it. And I know it's the stupidest mentality. It's the stupidest way to think. My wife hates it. My kids hate it. But it's just who I am. So what do I do? I'm like, all right. If I ain't getting a chain, nobody get a chain. So I try, to, <laughs> I try to throw the chain on the building. I'm like, you want to get it? Go get it. So when I try to throw the chain on the building, one of them hits my hand, the chain falls on the floor. So there's one dude with a gun and another dude. So, this, so they're like, where the chain? Where the chain? I'm not saying nothing. I see it on the floor. I'm, like, I'm trying to put my foot over it. <laughs> they go, there you go, the chain right there. Dude picks it up. Picks it up. Turn around and start shooting. Bang, bang. Now, in all actuality, I always think of this, this situation like, if they didn't shoot at me, I might have let them go. 
because I knew so many people and been so many connected, I would have got it back. Right. But when they shot at me, it gave me a funny feeling. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, dudes ain't marksmen. That's right. You know what I mean? They, they could have shot, hit, ricochet, hit me, I have no kids, whatever. So when, it, when they shot at me, at that point, I wanted to see who it was. Now everything, I don't care about the chain. Now I need to know who it is. So they getting the, it was a, a blue X5. They getting the X5 take off. I'm in my range. I take off. Now, now we're going through a high speed chase in the city. 100 miles an hour. Jetting through the city. And you know, I have a lot of cars, so I like to drive. So I'm like, they're not going nowhere. So they, we go all the way down, down by the battery tunnel. And um, I don't remember what bridge is down there. It might be the Manhattan Bridge. So they go on to go to Manhattan Bridge and they crash. Oh, wow. They crash. So now they got to get out the car. Now, me thinking, I should have just thought, I got their car, I can find out who it is. So they start running. One runs right, one runs left. So I'm like, all right, we're going to catch the driver. We run it left. Catch the driver. So for legal terms, we detained them to the police case. <laughs> right? We detained them. And I tell everybody this story. How God works in mysterious ways. It's like four in the morning. And it's a construction site. And it was a big oxygen tank. The oxygen tank got to be like five foot. And he's on the floor. And I pick up the oxygen tank, right? And I'm, now I'm like, you shot at me. Fuck this. I'm about to throw that. And out of nowhere, I hear, Envy, no. There's somebody walking their dog at four in the morning. Oh, wow. So I'm looking and I'm like, I kind of breathe like I could have killed him. So I put the oxygen tank down. I held him. Police come. Now, um, police come, police is happy. About a week ago, maybe a week ago, DJ Carl Blaze used to work at Power 105. I remember that. Got killed. That's right. Somebody robbed him and got killed. A week prior to that. A week prior to that. So right. the police were just thinking that maybe this dude is somebody that's out robbing people and, and caught him. So um, they take him in, whatever, whatever, whatever. So the police want me to, they were like, well, you got to testify against him, this, that, and the other. And I'm like, nah. And they're like, why not? At the time, I'm thinking, I'm all around street dudes, you name it. I'm like, nah, fuck that, I ain't telling, I ain't telling. Nah, mind you, I'm not a street dude. I never sold drugs, never sold crack. I'm not. But I'm around it, that's, that's my mentality. Right. I'm not telling, nah, fuck that, I'm not telling. And this is what changed my whole view of everything. So five days later, he wakes up from the coma. He was in a coma. We detained him. From detained from, de- from, de- right. from detained Got it. We detained him until the police came. He, he wakes up. When he wakes up, police call me. And they're like, you're not going to uh, testify against him? I'm like, nah. It was like, all right, well, we're going to have to pick you up. Oh, my God. I said, pick me up. It was like, yeah, he claimed that, you know, you robbed him. You, you uh, beat him up and robbed him and took his Rolex. And I'm like, what part of the game is this? Mm-hmm. That the stick man robbed me and then get caught and then say, I robbed him. New York. And it changed my whole view of the streets. That's right. You know what I mean? Here, I'm being, quote unquote, loyal to the streets. I'm not telling. And the streets ain't loyal to me. Yeah, well, see. Especially somebody that's moving in the right way. Absolutely. Now, here's my philosophy, mm-hmm. right? Because I break this shit down all the time. Mm-hmm. Listen, if you're not a street guy and you're not making your money illegally. Right. Something happens to you. You're a citizen. Citizen. Tell. Absolutely. It's not snitching. Why? You pay taxes? Absolutely. Your taxes pay the salary of law enforcement. Absolutely. Right? Mm-hmm. 
I don't give a fuck who you hanging out with. Okay. Anybody gets mad at you. Right. And you're not hustling with them. They're assholes. Leave them alone. Absolutely. Right? And I talked about this on my uh, prison reform episode. Mm-hmm. A friend of mine got charged with manslaughter. He was in high school and he ended up killing his bully. Like these guys jumped him. Right. Fought him every day after that. And they ended up jumping him again, stabbing him in his face and his hand. Knife fell. He picked it up, defended himself. Kid dies. He gets charged with manslaughter. Right. So since then, he's come home, graduated with a communications degree, mm-hmm. works for the building department, married, kids, square. Right. So we're in a restaurant one night. Somebody disrespects me. This is the day after he graduated. So he came out to have a, a, sh- a shot. Right. And I'm looking and his ears stand up like a German shepherd because he's, you know, but it's a familiar spirit because he's already killed. Right. And I'm looking at him and I'm looking at this dude and I'm like, nah, because I already know where it's going to go. I sent him home. I said, bro, if anybody cares about you, it's me. Mm -hmm. You got to go home because you're going to be in the news tomorrow again. Right. For the person that shouldn't have been exonerated. Right. Absolutely. I said, now. Am I going to beat him up when you leave? Yes, I'm going to work him out. And I did, right? I detained him. I detained him. At least he come, I detained him. (laughs) You know, so I get it. And I always tell my friends, you got to be careful with that keeping it real shit. Right. You know, you want to keep it real, but you got a job that you got to go to tomorrow. Absolutely. Like, fuck that. Listen, I pulled up. First of all, he beat me here. You know, and I thought I was doing something being a half hour early. He beat me. I get the text. I'm here. I'm going. Shit. Right? So I'm 20 minutes behind him. It's two parking lots. And I'm going. Wonder which one he's in. And I said, you know what? Let me go to the far one. Right. And as I'm going straight, I pass a parking lot. I see some, I see a large bottle of milk, right, in my, <laughs> in my, and I'm going, that was two hours. I back up and I'm going, it's his car. I go in that lot. Yo, bro, listen to me. If you ever wanted to inspire any of these kids to do the right thing, right, you know, there's no better way. Because for me, I didn't want to be like the person that I saw walking home after work, carrying a big bag, their feet were hurting, I know they back hurt. I didn't want to be that dude. Right. So I got into music because I wanted to be on television and I started hustling because I needed that bread until right, right, that right. shit worked. But how Clue pulled you in, wonderful. It didn't even take what you driving. Right. Okay, because that wasn't then. Right, 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 absolutely. So I'm telling you now, you've inspired me. I'm a little older than you, but you're never too old to be motivated and inspired. Mm -hmm. So, you know, even the way we met, you know, the organic way that this came about. Right. Listen, I know everybody Mm -hmm. from the top of the heat, all right? And you're like my first prominent interview with someone in the game mm-hmm. you reach out to me i have nothing but respect for that because you didn't have to right so those things mean more to me than anything 
the things that people do for you that they don't have to do. And they weren't asked. Mm -hmm. Come on, man. You know, I didn't reach out to you for an interview. And I'm going to tell you, I reached out to interview because I thought you had good content. And I wanted to keep you right. on that. And, and I wanted you to know that people are watching. Wow. And, and, and I respect it. And when I see somebody that look like me from the same area as me, and it doesn't have to mean, you know, I'm from Queens, you're from Brooklyn, just how we grew up That's doing right. it. We want to encourage that. You know what I mean? And, and not only that, like I always tell you, know, like I told you, like, just think outside the box. Think how it could work. Like people always told me, yo, you drive all these cars and the cars depreciate. You ain't gonna make no money. But they didn't know I had a bigger plan. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, I always been a car dude. I was the kid that always used to see Prem drive with the block with the cars or drive or see Webb and Nitty drive with the block. And I was like, damn, I want that car. See LL, I want that car. So then I said, well, how am I gonna make this a business? So I said, you know what? I'm gonna do a car show. Take it on the tour, make money. And this year I got my first, my first car show I on my own. I saw that. I saw that. We and, need the merch. And not and not and not only on my own, like on my own. Like I'm doing everything. You see that? I'm getting the sponsors. I'm getting the ads. I'm putting eight cars in the show. Where these car shows are gonna be pay off these cars full circle. Nice. Endorses and everything. See, it's like I got a bigger plan. Same thing with me and my wife. Like when I went through the stuff with me and my wife. So many people would hit me and be like, yo, you know, I look up to your relationship, this, that, and the other. And I was like, my relationship ain't perfect. Right. And I want you to know that it ain't perfect. That we, we, ain't, we go through ups and downs. You know, I, Monday she hates me. Tuesday I love her. Wednesday we don't talk. Thursday. But we make it work and we respect each other. You know what I mean? And I was like, if we put that on a podcast and be real, people will respect that even more. Don't you feel better? Yeah. Don't you feel like... Okay. How many kids you got now? Five? I got five. Okay, so I'm right. Beautiful family. Thank you. Right? You guys look great on camera all the time. Thank you, thank you, thank and you. And it's like, I follow you, right? And sometimes I gotta, I gotta get off the drug and then get back on because I'm a car guy. Right, right, right. Right? Um, but I, and I told you early on that I don't do anything disparaging. Mm -hmm. And he hit me and he's like, yo, we could talk about anything you want. Right. I appreciate that mm -hmm. because you'll you usually get a list of things not to ask. Right. right? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Nah, but what I want to say to you is uh, going through what you went through. Mm -hmm. It was kind of like God showing you two things. Mm -hmm. What you had to lose, how much you had to lose mm -hmm. and what you had, what, what you had was worth early on. Absolutely. And it didn't change there. Mm -mm. You changed. Right. Right. It's like looking back and going, damn, it's like me going, I really appreciate my freedom after having it taken away from me. I'm like, yo, the simple things. And I tell people, yo, you woke up today, you ate what you wanted to eat. Yeah. You put on what you wanted to put on and you yeah. went where you wanted to go. Absolutely. Well, that didn't happen to me for five years. Right. And after being in the music industry with money and then going there, it was like Lil Wayne and Ja Rule going. It had to hurt them worse yeah. because they were platinum artists. Mm -hmm. But for you, to see you now, you've never looked like an angry person, mm -mm. right? Never. But the happiness that exudes off of you now and even your kids and your wife, it's like different. Yeah. And now y'all are working together. It made the bond stronger. 
So Indeed. I always say it gets worse first, greater later. Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's, I'm not going to sit here and say that we don't deal with bad days and we don't have our problems like anybody else. But the whole point is we deal with them. And, and what I've noticed is that it opens up to people out there that go through problems. Because, you know, the bad thing about it is like, you know, we can go to barbershop, talk about basketball all day. We can talk about baseball all day. We can talk about anything, girls, this, any other. When you ever went to a barbershop and somebody was like, yo, I'm having a problem with my girl, what y'all think I should do? We don't do that. You know, I've heard that. And I'm we like, don't I'm, I'm do like that. I'm like a jokester, so I feel bad. We don't do yeah. that. You see what I'm saying? And that's part of the problem. Part of the problem is it's like, people always say we need help mentally. Mm -hmm. That's part of the mental health that we don't necessarily have. We suffer in silence. You know, you know, you know what I mean? Like, so if, if or even, even suicide, right? Mm -hmm. When me and my wife was going through it, and my wife was thinking about divorce. And, you know, behind the scenes, we're talking about the devil and how the devil works sometimes. The devil really had me thinking that I didn't want to be here no more. Mm. Like, I really had that on my mind. Like, damn, if my family, my wife don't want, want me no more, and I'm a disgrace to my family, I don't want to be here. Wow. But it got to the point where I was sitting there contemplating, like, yo, I don't want to be here no more. I ain't got my wife. I ain't got my family. What the fuck do I need? I don't need this money. This money ain't shit. And it really got me to that point where I was really thinking like that. So when I hear people talk about suicide and depression, I take it seriously because right. I, I always think about like, you know, my wife was there in my corner. That's why I love my wife. She's loyal. And like when she was at her, when, when her neck was on the, on the fucking concrete, she didn't care about what people thought. Mm. She cared more about, damn, let me make sure my husband is safe. Let me make sure, not even my husband, let me make sure my friend is okay. Wow. And most people wow. don't look at it like that. Wow. And I'm not even at that position yet. You know what I mean? Wow. I still like, you know, but she was and she got me past all that and it got our family in a better spot. You know what I mean? And your name is Rashawn. Rashawn. See, Sean, Rashawn. <laughs> <laughs> hey, yo. Um, yeah. I, I thought about all of that. And we do suffer in silence. Yeah. Whole because we don't really talk about anything tangible when you get in the boys club, right? Right. It's, it's, it's a bunch of bullshit. I don't like strip clubs. Right. No no stabs to strippers. This is not my thing. You right, know right, what I'm saying? Right, right. I've gone, but I usually pick money up. Right, right. right. <laughs> so, um, I'm fucked up. But, um, yeah, man. And your wife is from down the block from me. Yeah, she's from Brooklyn, too. No, down the block. Really? I, yeah, Lenox Road. Wow. I'm 43rd, well, I was, and she was in the 50s. Right. 55th, I want to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So how did you guys meet? She um, she lived in Brooklyn all her life, and uh, they moved to Queens. And when she moved to Queens, she transferred into my school. See. And then she was the new young thing in school. <laughs> and you know that's how we and met. You said, "Wow, she's light skinned too. Yeah. Wow, we'll have light babies." Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> and that and, and that's what it was, you know. Yeah, you know, and it's like for me, mm -hmm. I always learn something from the people I'm around mm -hmm. or the people I see. And I studied you, you know, and after meeting you, actually before I walked in, I already knew who you were mm -hmm. because I was that guy. And I relate so mm -hmm. well, like, you know, the only way to have a problem out of me, you gotta go. And then I'm tick, tick, boom. Right. Other than that, it's not, right? I'm jokes all day, right? So. To see you attack the way you was attacked, man, and I mean, you stood your ground, mm -hmm. and you guys got stronger, you mm -hmm. know. So it's like, you know, the devil doesn't like 
a union. Right. Why? Because from a union comes reproduction. Absolutely. So if there was no union, you would have no kids. You know what I'm saying? And it's a bigger, it's a bigger thing than just you being married. It's bigger. It's way bigger than that. You know, it's finding a soulmate, somebody you can grow old with. Absolutely. Which is what you watch growing up. Absolutely. You know, so when when Jesus and Mero, mm -hmm. who I used to watch all the time, when they walked in that station, I didn't have a problem with what you did. Right. You know, and nobody, and I was reading the comments and people were like, oh, you took it too far and it was just a joke. That's cool. Mm -hmm. I'm not the butt of your jokes, champ. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I don't care. Who thinks it's funny? Mm -hmm. I don't think it's funny. Right. And you here, and this is my platform. I'm one third of dot, 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 right? Right. Mm -hmm. And this is what we're going to discuss before we move forward. And I like that. Yeah. You know, see, the, the thing with that is I don't care being the butt of a joke. You, you want to make fun of me, make fun of my clothes. My I don't care. That don't bother me. But now when you start talking about my wife, it's a problem. Absolutely problem and who doesn't know the cutoff the cutoff point right? some some people don't and and you know it's if you do we gotta have a conversation mm. now depending on how that conversation is is where we go after that that's right you know and people say well well why'd you do it on air because they made their jokes on there mm -hmm. you know what i mean they it's know the same plan they, they know me Absolutely. they've been on my show before so if they wanted to do something you know he'd be about to do this but they could have just did me. They didn't have to mention her. And when you mention her, it's a different conversation. Right. And that's the conversation I had. And I didn't threaten them. I'm going to fuck you up. I'm just, just a man. Yo, I didn't like that. That's right. I owe my wife an apology. Yeah. And, and what did they say? You're right. I'm sorry. That's right. And twofold. Man, come on, man. Like, your job is your job. Right. And your family's your family. So now something else follows you home. Like, come on, man. Like, fuck that. Right. Enough is enough, champ. So we're gonna set the we're gonna set the record straight and don't we'll be done. That's it. Like, like who doesn't understand that? Right. It kills me, you know? So how did now mm -hmm. you come this far, mm -hmm. right? Super successful, mm -hmm. house, family, kids, cars, happy, mm -hmm. right? Real estate. Mm -hmm. How did you make that transition? A lot of people don't know that I almost gave up music for real estate. Wow. So to keep it, to keep it short, when I first got signed, this is the craziest thing. When I did my record deal, I signed a Clue. Mm. Clue gave me a $75,000 check at the age of 21. I think it was 22. So I wanted to buy a house. I looked in Queens, too expensive. I looked in Long Island, too expensive. Found something in Jersey. Deep out in Jersey. $400,000. He bought the crib in West Milford. This is actually where they shoot the Freddie and JC movies mm -hmm. back in the day. Way out. Bought it for $400,000. First house, nice, whatever. I used to do shows in the city. On the way back, it was so far from Manhattan, I would fall asleep on the road. So I'd be driving on my way home. You know what I mean? Window down, singing Boys <laughs> to Man, me singing BBD. I'm drinking candy to stay up. This is before Red Bull was out and I don't drink coffee. I'm drinking soda. Anything I could do to stay up. I told my wife, yo, we, we got to move. I can't do it no more. So she was like, all right, let's put the house on the market. I lived in the house four months, five months. Paid 400000 for the house. Put the house on the market. Real estate agent was like, I think you can get four ninety. dollars I'm like, I just paid four hundred. dollars He's like, you get four ninety. dollars Put on the market, sold in two days, 500000 
Wow. I just made a hundred thousand. Man. So I'm like, okay. Bought another house, a little closer, West Milford. Bought it for five thirty. Stayed in there for four months, sold it. Made two hundred thousand. Wow. So now in a year, I made three hundred thousand off of real estate. I wasn't making this much money off of the of music at that time. Oh, I'm fucking with you. So I'm like, this is great. And now my neighbors are telling me things like, well, you know, if you put it into another house, you ain't gotta pay taxes on it. I'm like, what? All right, I bought another house. And then I kept doing it. So now, you know, now I'm flipping houses where, and I'm flipping them in a way where I'm living in the house. So I, I buy a house, live in it, paint it, make it look clean, sell it. Man. And I'm doing it. So the, the last one I did, and this is why I stopped. So now I got three properties, right? I'm flipping them. I'm making money. I'm happy. I'm like, oh, I'm about to leave music. Fuck music. The real estate shit falls. Mm -hmm. I got three houses. Not even that people couldn't get the house. People didn't want the house. Banks weren't giving loans. Yeah, right, so now I got three properties and I can't do nothing. So now I'm getting rid of cars. I'm getting rid of jewelry because I know that the house is holding its value. So I'm working extra jobs just to pay these mortgages until I finally sold all of them. And then I was like, I never want to put myself in that position again where I got all these properties and I can't do nothing with them. Then I went hard into music. And then I just started getting back into real estate a couple of years ago and I started in Detroit. Detroit, you could buy a house anywhere from 10,000 to 25,000 at the time. So I just bought a couple of cribs, just sat on them. Instead of buying jewelry, instead of buying cars, I bought a house, sat on it, house sat on it. Three years later, them houses that are 25,000 fixed up is worth 350. Hmm. So I'm like, oh, this is good. So I started doing that in Detroit. Then I started going to Jersey and I started really learning the game, how to buy a house and not just flipping, not just wholesaling. People do real estate. There's so many different ways to do real estate, but I fixed my credit. So I got good credit. So I said, ah, right, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to find a crib under market value. So let's say there's a crib and every house on the block is worth 400,000. You buy it foreclosed for 200,000. I ain't got to get a loan per se, meaning I can get a hard money lender. Hard money lender gives me, let's say, 275 for the home. Because a hard money lender is only looking at market value. If the house is under market value, they'll give it to you. So now I'm not using my money. I'm using his money. But it's not a 30-year mortgage. It's an eight-month mortgage. Mm. So interest rates are a little higher. Right. But nothing's coming out of my pocket. So now what I'm doing is I take the money from you, buy the house, fix the house up, refinance the home. I refinance the home. I give the hard money lender back his money. Mm pull the equity out, now I got money in my pocket and I'm renting out the crib. So let's say it's a four family house. Two of the families pay the rent. The other two families is profit. Mm. But I still got, now I got money in my pocket and I got profit every month. But now I got equity because that house is mine. Go to another house, do the same thing. Go to another house, do the same thing. So it's almost, you want to make the money in bulk. But now I'm not spending a lot of money, million dollar houses, I'm buying houses that's two, three hundred thousand. So the mortgage, the rents on the house is like, 1500 a floor, 1600 a floor. So I'm making money that way. Yeah, it's not a lot of money per house, but if you average in 1200 and you got 50 of them bitches, it's money. That's right. And it's all on top of everything else I'm doing. So at the end of the day, like I was telling you, I want to make it so that, like I told them, by the time I leave Power 105, I want at least 100 units. Say 100 units bringing me in an average of 1,000 a pop. That's over what? Two, two million a year, three million a year? Just on that real estate. Nice. My kids have that. They'll be good. They got, this, they got a start. 
Everything else comes from them. So they don't have to do anything. See this guy? And you just see him on the, in the morning and you don't know everything that underlies behind, right? Absolutely. So everybody here is like learning a lot about this guy that mm -hmm. you just see and hear you don't know. is more to everything that you see than what you think, mm -hmm. you know? So, and I also heard that uh, DMX really was your first, first, first big, big, big check. Yeah. Like your understanding, like the international mm -hmm. movie market. Right. For music. Shout to DMX. And I love DMX. And I'm going to mm. tell you why. When DMX started doing the movies and he started doing the soundtracks, he hired me and my partner at the time to produce for him. And X could have gave me 5000 a beat, but he knew it wasn't his money. X was giving me fifty grand a, a beat, 40000 a beat, 25000 a beat. I didn't have no real beats out there. And, you know, I was able to say, okay, well, damn, the movie gets released domestically, you get a ch another check. Then it gets released in all these different markets overseas, then you get other checks. The checks just kept coming. I'm sitting there like, this is amazing. And I love DMX for that, man. Love him for that. You see that? Who knew? Mm -hmm. And you think DMX is going through these things by himself. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. There are people that he was good to and that still love this guy. Yeah. Even he, you know, even with him being in prison for his tax trouble. Absolutely. I love, brother, listen, this has been a pleasure. Oh, thank you, man. More than a pleasure for me, personally. And that real estate thing, I'm coming. Yeah, no, it's... it's <laughs> listen, anytime we, you want to come out to Jersey, I'll bro, take it and let you see. Listen, I'm coming immediately. I took my, you know, I took my kids with me. And, you know, some of the houses you get, there's heroin addicts in there. So you're stepping over heroin addicts, you're stepping over needles, you're stepping over... You got to be able to see the vision. And that's, to me? Oh, I know, I know, you know. <laughs> I'm telling people out there, a lot of people don't see the vision. And see, the one thing I say is, I don't care about anything else but respect. You know what I mean? I came here... All my jewelry on by myself because it's respecting. You know what I mean? When I go to those places out there, it's respecting. You know what I mean? When I know when I go in somebody else's neighborhood, you respect the neighborhood. That's you right. know what I mean? When I go to somebody else's home, you respect their home. And, and nine times out of ten, they reciprocate that respect. All day. Never have a problem. Bro, listen, anywhere I'm at, I don't even have to tell you. Oh, my brother, man. Thank you, brother. Thanks Pleasure. for having me, man. I appreciate that, man. This is Behind the Smoke, DJ Envy. <laughs>